Yes, yes. Hello, football lovers and Arsenal lovers. Welcome to Footy with Podcast, the Arsenal fan corner. My name is Ahis Anthony, and I'm here with Okwe. And we have a guest on the episode today from United Kingdom in London. His name is Jide the Great. Jide, what's up? I'm very well. I'm in high spirits. Um, we're still in lockdown here, but keep in mind, body and soul, spirit together. So, yeah, can't complain. You know, life's good. Yeah, yeah, life is good. Okay, what's up? How you day? I'm great. I'm great, man. It's been very, very hot in Lagos. My, oh my, it's been so hot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so currently, I'm happy. Honestly, I'm, very, I'm happy to be under the air conditioning so that I can focus and have fun on this podcast. Yes, so we all Arsenal fans, Gunners, were gathered on this episode. We're here to talk about, you know, Arsenal. We love Arsenal. That's what we're here. And Arsenal of late, you know, pulling two, two solid results back-to-back, away matches for that matter, over there in Greece and also at the King Power Stadium, defeating Benfica 3-2. It was... That game was, was, my heart was in my mouth, you know. And um, also Leicester, Leicester City rather, the game was, I never expected that performance from Leicester City, but it was kind of like, you know, a good game for Arsenal. But having said all that, we're here to just discuss the way forward, Arsenal. Um, Jide, I know you don't like being called an Arsenal fan, but you know, you don't have a choice. You're an Arsenal fan, whether you like it or not. <laughs> So what's up? How's it been? The past two games, what's your take? Well, the first of all, let's clear the misconception. It's not I it's I, I how do I put it? I just don't like to be box corner. I'm a football fan first, you know. Yeah, um, we all are. We all then, are football fans. And, and then after and then after that I'm an Arsenal fan, you know. And I I'm just one of those Arsenal fans. I don't really get too emotional about things. I I say it the way it is. If we're not playing well, I, I say it, and if we're in a, you know, in a good, in a good run, because I do get banter from friends from all across the world, mm-hmm. uh, especially on my WhatsApp when I post a. Uh, <laughs> they're always talking about, oh, you're happy now, and then oh, you're sad, you know. So I just don't like to be boxed in the corner. So yeah, that's a life, yeah. that's a life of an Arsenal fan, do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how's it been the past two games? Uh, look, it's been okay. To be honest, I think the game against Leicester was the one I was most comfortable with. If I'm being very honest, the match against Benfica, you know, I was I was thinking to myself that look, have these guys not learned from what happened last year with Olympiacos? Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like probably they were too, uh, maybe too relaxed at the back. And sometimes I didn't see that urgency to win, you know. But then one of the facts is just that Benfica is actually a good team. You know, they're doing very well in the Portuguese first division. So, despite the fact that as an Arsenal fan, I expected Arsenal to have swept them away. Even from the first leg, you need to give credit to Benfica. They put up a good fight. But then again, the quality came out from Arsenal. And then, you know, Bukayo Saka and Pembe Kobameng just sing the Gunners once again. And thankfully, mm-hmm. move on to the next stage. Yeah, you know, going straight into the episode, we have um, matters we'll be discussing if let me just start from the first um the first the first topic gd gd the great sorry do you still trust the process <laughs> you know ever since ateta took over arsenal uh, over from una emery and um we saw a resurgent arsenal we went ahead to win the fa cup even if we 
went out of the um, Europa League in a way that we were not supposed to. And though we finished eighth in the season last last season in the EPL last season, and comparing that to the season's run, you know it's been topsy turvy. Like you said, today you're happy, tomorrow you're sad as an Arsenal fan. And looking at how far we've performed this season, one ten position on thirty seven points. After 27 games, no, 26 games, we've won 11, we've lost 11, and also we've joined four. Do you still trust the process? I trust the process. Um, I've always trusted the process. I've always felt like Mikel Arteta is a good coach. What I don't like is the fact that we've not been consistent this season. I mean, we've just been going up and down, you know. We've lost to teams that we're not supposed to. Be, I mean, teams that we have no business losing to this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the likes of Aston Villa and even Burnley that we're going to play um, next. We lost to Burnley at home. You know, we have no business losing to teams like that. So uh, I've always trusted the process. I think it's going to take a time. Uh, it's going to take time for us to get to where we really want to be. I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans. Uh, or old enough can remember what Arsene Wenger did with the Invisibles. Um, you know, the foundation of the team was built on Arsenal playing quick, fast, counter-attacking football, yeah. conceding left. Yeah. You know, we had good defence. We had good defensive midfielders, the likes of Patrick Vieira, um, you know. And going forward, you know, the likes of Thierry Henry, Dennis Beckham. You know, even if you go back to the days of um, Kanu and... You know, so many players that we can mention, you know, Arsenal has, yeah, a lot of good history around, you know, playing good football. And then somehow towards the end of of, um, Asawenga's reign, we just kind of started to become a mediocre team. I'm not sure whether you understand what I'm saying. So it's, and then when Emery came in and he didn't help matters as well. Uh, So it's going to take some time, you know, and I think we need to be a bit more patient. But at the same time, Football is a very high-intensity game. Uh, if your club has been at the top of, of you know, football history and then all of a sudden, Arsenal is not... I can't even remember in my lifetime when Arsenal was kind of competing in that. You know, it's, it, we're almost becoming a team that's struggling to even make yeah, the Europa League yeah, now. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So, so just to answer your question, I still trust the process. I just want to see a bit more, a bit more consistency with... Um, what Mikel Arteta is doing with the team. He seems to be relatively getting to a point where he's stable. At least we, you can almost predict his first 11 every match now, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then he has his backup players. Uh, he, he decided to rest Aubameyang uh, over the weekend. That yeah. was, it was good to see that they brought in almost, almost like a second team and they beat less Leicester conveniently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, trust the process, but I need to see some consistency. Okay, there was a time it was Ateta in, Ateta out. I think you were on the you were on the wagon of Ateta in. I was in the middle because at that time Arsenal were just going topsy turvy, you know, getting you know destroyed or losing at home. I I know you were Ateta in, so I definitely know your stand that you trust the process. Yeah. I mean, look, I've always trusted Mikel Ateta because from the get go, I mean, it was clear that he knew what he wanted. You know, first of all, him taking over, he, he never had his preferred squad. Even till now, 
he's gradually getting there, just like GD said. But then this is not the Nikola Teta team that you'd eventually see winning titles for Arsenal. I know when he first came, the first thing he did was just to come individual errors, you know, switched over to his three at the back so that, you know, individual errors are curbed and then they are defensively compact and then they can still be efficient going forward. However, I think it took too long for him to switch back to the 4-2-3-1. And I think when we had those, um, th- th- that run of like five to six league games mm-hmm. without a win before he then turned over and then passed the mantle to the people who really want to play for Arsenal Football Club. People who are willing to die. You know, <laughs> the bad. That's talking about the young kids. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, but then thinking about it, I'm wondering, you know, why did it take so long? That's just because he's someone who believes in his own system, his philosophy, and he feels like if he's giving you the opportunity to play, you should be ready to die on that pitch. But then he had to realize that look, some players were not just cutting it, and they, they probably needed that reality shock. You know, so after dropping some big names on the mm-hmm. bench, eventually, slowly, we've seen over the last few weeks that they have, you know, gotten up to par now. Most recently, William as well is now in form again. But, you know, it's funny because Freddie Jungberg seemed, seemed to have ha- had that hindsight already because I remember the game against Everton just before Ateta took over officially, you know. Um, Jungberg started at least five youngsters, you know, Martinelli, Saka, Smithrow, and Ketia, and um, Willock as well, who's currently on loan. So I think for now, Ateta knows those are willing to die for the club and then he's now ready to... Or rather, now he's able to in, uh, infuse the, the senior ones mm. who are finally now working. So definitely, I do trust the process. And I'm willing to see where Arsenal will be under Ateta probably like the next two to three seasons. Well, I would like to get GD's opinion. Because for me, personally, I, feel, I felt it was ever since Ozil was shipped out of that team. We now we can now see um, a new Arsenal, a resurgent Arsenal. Because so many, I've gotten a lot of stick on this, saying I didn't back Ozil up and um, Ozil, Ozil out, and I didn't want Ozil. Ozil has you know sacrificed a lot for the club, and why is it that now that we don't want Ozil anymore, we want him out of the club? But I just want to get your thoughts on this. Gide great, Gide the great. Sorry, did you feel Ozil factor inhibited Atleta's? progress this season you know the backroom shenanigans the the politicking behind the different um, fraction or different set of players coming together to 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 hinder whatever progress is trying to make did you think Ozil's factor was important in um, deterring Ateta's progress this season yeah I mean if you're playing paying a footballer 350 grand a week they're not playing um, we we don't really know what's going on. There's so many stories, uh, and then you added the the coronavirus break to it. Uh, the club wanted him to take a pay cut. He didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of it leaves a nasty feeling in the air, you know. And uncertainty is never good in football. Football players want to know whether they're playing or not. Mm. Um, their teammates who have known them for years who think they help improve their game would want to know whether they're playing or not as well. Um, you know, the likes of Ozil, Lacazette, Aubameyang, they've created some kind of synergy on the pitch. Uh, they've played for years under Wenger, under uh, Hona Emery. 
he knows that you know Obama Young would know that if he's making a run, he knows what kind of pass Ozzy is going to throw. And all of a sudden, for some reason that we don't understand, you know, Ozzy was not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think there's more to it than we know, um, but. We, there's only so much that you can say because there's not enough evidence, but football is what football is. Mm-hmm. I personally think that they weren't going to resign him anyway. Uh, if his contract was going to run out um, this year, uh, they were never going to renew it. It was going to move him from Arsenal anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem we had was freezing him out of the team and him not playing. Uh, he had the right as a football player to say, okay, well, if you're not going to play play me and you're not selling me on um, I'm not taking a pay cut I'm sitting where I am and then you pay me my salary you know week in week out but but um, I had mentioned several times that um, Ozil really didn't fit into his philosophy in terms of the style of play was it left to Ozil to be the one to like you know take his game to the next level to fit into the into the manager's philosophy or was it down to Ozil yeah yeah I personally think it's down to Ozil um most football managers this way have a way, sorry, this age have a way of playing. And you, as a football player, you are paid to commit to certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. Ozil has just been that kind of player. He's, I don't know whether he's lackadaisical in his, in his approach. He's just not the player to chase the ball for 90 minutes. Um, but if you're playing with the kind of philosophy that Arteta believes in, you know, you have to run for 90 minutes. Um, you have to know how to manage the game uh, quite well. And you have to put in your shift for the team when, you know, you're on that attack. You know, that means when you're defending. And I personally think that Ozil just felt like, you know, he couldn't be bothered. Uh, he can't do yeah, that. But the thing language. about Ozil... Yeah. Yeah, his body language is always much like, you know, I mean, d- defensively for having a bad day and Ozil is not really doing anything, you know, going forward or the team is just playing poorly going forward. He just kind of looks like what kind of football player they be signed. But we know that when Ozil is um, on top of his game, you know, if he's going forward, he's trying the passes mm. and... Scoring, it just looks like a, a new signing all, all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, but the philosophy that Arteta wanted is was completely different, and I don't think that he will have been able to deliver it to him. So, mm. it, it it was just a good situation for everyone at the end of the day for him to move on and he's move on to better things. I watched one of his games recently, playing for Fanabache, and he he looked sharp. You know, again, he he wanted to play football. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he would have fit into this yeah. modern way of playing football. True, for Arsenal. true. Yeah. I know, I know. Okba has been this Ozil fan. You know, giving us stats, assists, <laughs> all the likes. But seriously, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Giri, Giri, Giri just you know. Giddy has helped me out here because it's like it, it's, it was speaking my mind and I liked it. You know, it's a win-win for both for both parties, Arsenal and also Ozil. I explained football again in um, Fena, sorry, is it Fenerbahce or Galatasaray? Right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's been good yeah. for but good football there. So Arsenal as well. You know, we're doing what we're doing. But to round off this um, first first question, okay. 
trust the process like you said you trust the process but at this the set of players that can take arsenal to the next level should arteta be looking at you know bringing in new players for me bellerin one i don't need to I, I'm, I'm critical of bellerin really because i don't see him being a critical stay or being that mainstay on that right back to take us to the next level should arteta be looking at bringing in players that will take arsenal and even qualifying for the champions league before talking of winning or contesting for the league yeah definitely he needs new players but you know just before i talk about new players let me just speak on two things you said so first of all i do agree with the fact that there is more to what happened with ozil and then second of all i've realized something now since ozil has left and we've seen more of smithro and martin odegaard mm -hmm. now what i did realize is that I do agree with, and I do believe, when Mikel Arteta did say that one of the reasons why Mr. Ozil is not in, in his squad is due to footballing reasons. Now, why is that? If you look at the start part now, finally you agree. Finally, no, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, finally I agree because I've seen the lights now. So when when you take a look at the start part, I'm happy part, for you for seeing the lights. The moment and creation, <laughs> the moment and creation from. Emil Smith mm -hmm. when it comes to creation of chances, you see that Emil Smith creates a lot of chances coming in from the left hand channel. You take a look at Odegaard, Odegaard creates a lot of chances coming in from the right hand channel. Mm -hmm. So, the thing about Mikel Arteta and whoever is going to be playing as, as the number 10 for him, this person needs to be mobile so that whenever this person gets boxed up in the middle, he can then move over to the wings and create gameplay because you, you can't be stuck in one position. What happens when you're up against the best defensive midfielders in the world? What happens when you're up against an Ngolo Kante and a, and a Kovacic at the same time? You need to always bring that dynamism into your team. And that's something that we've seen from Smithrow and Odegaard. So definitely, Mikel Arteta was right for um, keeping or rather freezing out uh, Mesut Ozil from the squad. Mm. So now when we take a look at this current squad, are these players good enough to take Arsenal forward? Obviously not. Mikel Arteta needs a couple of more signings, you know, to bolster up the squad and to Bellerin. take them to where they yeah. number one. Yeah, you take a look at um, Bellerin currently. You see that Bellerin is a major reason why not been productive. Mm. You know, a lot of times when Bellerin and Pepe had been paired together, you would see that Bellerin really makes a good pass for Pepe. And then you see Pepe with him. But I, I don't want to go into that analysis because for me, I felt it was harsh on Bellerin because there are games when Bellerin and Pepe had played together and we won those games. So I think it's just been harsh. True, true. Yeah. There, there are games where both Bellerin and Pepe have played together and Arsenal have won. Mm. But then what has been the contribution from that right hand side? Nothing actually. Mm. If you take a look at most of the games where there has been meaningful contribution, from both Pepe and Bellerin in the same game, you actually have Pepe playing over on the left wing and Bellerin maintaining his right back position. So there seems to be no relationship or synergy between both of them playing together on the same side. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's Pepe playing with Cedric, while Cedric was playing at left back or Tierney or Saka, whoever's playing at left back, Pepe always performed well. And then we saw how well Pepe was so comfortable with Cedric right behind him. Mm -hmm. And then you could see the options that Cedric was giving him. So you could see more of, uh, chances being created by Pepe. You could see himself getting in goal position. So apart from that right back position, probably as now do need another right back. Um, Ainsley Midland now is not a right back, although he can play his trade there. But he's more comfortable as a right wing back, not a right back. So definitely another first team right back is needed. Another first team left back is needed. Kieran Tierney has been playing fantastic football for Arsenal, mm. but then whenever he is injured, Arsenal does struggle. Yeah, Cedric can play there, but then you can't take away 
um, what a naturally left-footed player can do on the left side of the pitch. Going forward also, in the middle of the pitch, what happens when uh, Thomas Partey is injured? And with all due respect to Elneny, he's not up to par. So Arsenal need another central midfielder, you know. And also, probably another first team um, attack, another attacking midfielder. We don't really know what's going to happen with Martin Odegaard at the end of the season. He's contracted to Real Madrid. Um, his current net worth value is about £60 million. And those, does Arsenal really want to spend £60 million on a 21-year-old? I really don't know. Probably they want to spend money on a proven player. But then, so far, so good Odegaard has been brilliant, in my own opinion. Mm, yeah, but then, yeah, going it's... forward, I mean, we've heard about the likes of Emil Buendia from mm. Norwich City. And then, there's a certain sect of Arsenal fans that have been clamoring for a certain Argentinian who plays for Udinese. That's uh, talking about Rodrigo De Paul. And that's someone who is extremely versatile, can play in any position in the midfield. And that is someone that I believe Ateta would benefit from if he's in that team. And then, going forward, obviously, the attack. I mean, Lacazette has one year left on his contract. Aubameyang mm. has... By the end of the season, Aubameyang will have two years left. I, I like to believe that Ateta is thinking about the future. And then, he's got Edin Ketia. He's got Fulani. About forty thousand pounds a week, uh-huh. and I mean pounds a week. So when when that is coming from a player who is yet to be Premier League proven, you then begin to wonder. Although Ateta says that you know what he's in high hopes with it, he says Edu is on it. Edu is in touch with his agent. So let's see if Polari Balo will stay. However, we're talking about proven and tested players because Arsenal needs to win the Champions League. You know, according to what Willie Hansen. When he did, when he did sign for Arsenal, Ateta told him that in three years Arsenal will win the Champions League. I don't know about that, but then let's just see how that goes. So you know, also one more position is the left wing. Yeah, the left wing. I think that's a position where they need to strengthen. We've got a couple of world class players who'll be on a free transfer by the end of this season who can come in and play left wing very well. Talking about Julian Draxler, Memphis Depay. Mm. You know, there are many options yeah. for Arsenal going forward. They just need to make the good business decision. Well, in, in, in football, anything is, anything is possible. Anything is really, really is possible. So, just moving on, Gini the Greats. Arsenal play Burnley tomorrow. What Arsenal do you want to see against Burnley tomorrow? Ah, I want to see an Arsenal that is, you know, calling for blood. Losing at home to Burnley this season was not something that yeah, was so a sad. lot of fans expected. So sad. It was very sad. I think... That was one of the lowest points of the season for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just a huge reality check that we shouldn't be losing to a team like Burnley. Burnley at the moment are not in a good run. I don't think they've won in five or six games. Yeah. Um, they've either been losing or they've been drawing. So Arsenal have a really huge advantage over Burnley at the moment. I'll be expecting Arsenal to. But they did well against Leicester City in the last game. They did well. Cost Leicester City a little problem. Though it depleted you, Leicester City side, though. Are you talking about Arsenal? We're talking Burnley, about Burnley, Burnley, Burnley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not disputing that they, uh, you know, they, 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 they did well. Um, I just see them as a team that are trying to like keep their heads above water at the moment. Um, they've not won, um, any game in their last four. In fact, mm-hmm. I would stretch and say in their last maybe eight games they've only won just one against crystal palace away mm-hmm. um the last time they had a good stretch you have to go back to uh early this year you know when they beat liverpool they beat fulham and then they beat burnley i uh, sorry they beat aston villa mm-hmm. so 
Um, apart from that, you know, they've lost 2-0 to, 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 to Chelsea. They, they've lost to Manchester City. Yeah. They, they've drew to Brighton. Brighton yeah. they, and, and even... The FA Cup. Yeah. They lost it, to Bournemouth. Yeah, the FA Cup. Yeah. They, they lost to Bournemouth as well. So, they're not really having a... Uh, a, a good a, like a good run of games they just can't trying to keep their head above waters but the thing about you know uh sean dyke's team out there we all know them that they're very the very the very thing that keeps them you know in the league mm. is the same thing that you should be wary of because they always find a way of just staying there like it's almost like they're on <laughs> relegatable <laughs> yeah. you know you can't really get you know, right now, I think they're number 15 on, on the table, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they've got 29 points, you know. Um, teams like Fulham or Sheffield United will be dying to be in that position at the moment. So I think Arsenal needs to be very wary of that. You know, they play extremely physical football. Um, they don't have the most intelligent players. Uh, apart from the likes of um, Jero Digres and um, uh, maybe that, players. The guy that wears the yeah, number 11. What's his name again? Yeah, you know, they, they, when I look at the Burnley team, um, and their goalkeeper is not bad as well. Um, Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah they, they, I, when I look at the team, there's there's not really much to rate with Burnley um, because you know if you go on the streets and you ask an, an an average football fan to name like four or five players in Burnley, you know, um, most people will be able to tell you <laughs> True though. who play. But they are very gritty, they're hardworking, mm. you know, they put in the shift and they can grind out a result if they want to. And that's very evident in the last um, four games. Apart from losing to um, Tottenham mm-hmm. away, 4 0, you know, like you said, they drew Leicester in the last game, they drew West Brom and they drew Fulham. Mm-hmm. You know, and those two clubs, Fulham and West Brom's, were relegation candidates. At least they've made sure that you're not going to come to our, um, you know, pitch and beat us. Because if you beat us, then we are going to become relegation, you know, our candidates as well. So uh, I expect Arsenal to just come out all guns blazing. Uh, we're on a good run at the moment. Mm. Uh, beat Leicester in our last game. You know, we beat Benfica. Um, and, also in the Premier League, you know, we be, apart from losing to Manchester City, you know, we beat Leeds comfortably at home. So Arsenal should just go out and win that game. It's revenge time for us, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I would love to see Arsenal make top six this season. Yeah, it's, so it's at least possible. we can back. It's possible. It's just, it possible. It's just yeah, it seven points, I guess, away from the top six, even top four, the top four position, nine points, I guess. Yeah. Top, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, currently mm. six, six. I think six points away from top four currently. Mm. No, upper upper is ten points. Sorry, ten points. Chelsea is on forty-seven wow. points. Yeah, Arsenal is on thirty-seven points. Yeah, so good, mm. good, good one. I, I like that. Go in there, go kill Burnley. But upper, you know, it's been. I think Arsenal. We've not, we've not lost a tough more in our last eight games in the Premier League. I hope, I hope, Arsenal. Keep calm. Nobody gets red carded. Lewis don't do anything mm. stupid. 
Shaka don't get crazy. <laughs> I just hope because really, I, I, I want us to take that three points. You know, three points it gives us that impetus because our next game, our next game is against is against um um in the Premier League is the NLD, the not not London Derby. Because if we tend to lose that match tomorrow or we drop two points, you know, shoulders tend to drop. And we don't need that right now going into the North London Derby. So, okay, just in a, a minute, in a minute, what's your take on tomorrow's game? What Arsenal do you want to see? Look, I want to see the Arsenal that, as you just said, is out for blood, really. Arsenal did not have any business losing to Burnley at home. Mm. So, you know, we should be coming out for revenge, and then you should see a squad all guns blazing, firing on all cylinders. But this is some. This is a problem with Arsenal, which you didn't already mention at the beginning of this podcast. Consistency is the problem. You know, you don't want David Luiz doing anything stupid. You don't want Jaka reacting anyhow. You don't want Ben Leno just making... So what type of Arsenal are you going to see tomorrow? You know, talking about Burnley, really, um, okay, maybe because I am an analyst, I can pick out a couple of players who could make Arsenal cry tomorrow. You know, first of all, they, they have a great short stopper, quite a few should be England's number one, talking about Nick Pope. And then, you know, they've got a very decent centre-back pairing, you know, talking about James M. Tarkowski and his... And his partner bet me. So you know they formed a great partnership over the years. They've been a major reason why a lot of top top six clubs always cry. And then going forward, you've got someone like Dwight McNeil, you've got Jay Rodriguez, uh, you've got Ashley Barnes who has a fantastic goal scoring record. You've got Sam Volks as well, and the the, um, the Iceland International as well. Good morning. So they've got a couple of players who can always turn up for them. But this is the thing about Burnley. You need to always isolate them. Don't give them the ball. Mm. Arsenal has great possession. That's fine. So what does Arsenal need to do tomorrow? They need to dispatch their chances. The moment Burnley has a whiff of the fact that, you know what, they could win this match, mm-hmm. they just have that extra energy that comes out from nowhere. All of a sudden, it just seems like there are about 15 men on the pitch for Burnley, and then they are just swarming you all the time with the ball. And then that gives little time or space for people like Odegaard, um, Smithro, and Pepe to really do much. You then begin to get frustrated. The more you get frustrated, the more you, you become less productive with the ball. So if Arsenal, and look, from the from the get-go, which was something that we noted against Manchester City, and thankfully, I think has come out to address that, mm. which is the fact that sometimes Arsenal don't hit the gas. They don't hit... We start properly. slow. We start but, slow, man. We start yes, slow. Yes, I'm wondering why, why they do that. Look, if, if you know that you are chasing, and then you have a target, you, you are trying to get into the top four, or you are thinking about trophies or whatnot, you should always be at your best from the get-go. So, mm-hmm. if they have addressed that issue, I believe against Burnley, they need to go in with some sort of vigor, and from the get-go, the same way Manchester City punish them, they need to punish Burnley as well. From the get-go, start scoring your goals, start dispatching your chances. Immediately you start scoring the goals, they won't be able to do much against you. So, I want to say consistent Arsenal side tomorrow and mm. a dangerous Arsenal side. Yeah, so just to round off this episode of the Footwit Fan, Arsenal Fan Corner on Footwit Podcast, GDD great. You know, we're on the business side of the yes. of the season right now. And um, it's, it's quite... We saw, we saw what happened against Leicester City. I was expecting um, a holding Mari, or I was expecting a Lewis, um, a Lewis Gabriel. But we see what Ateta has done in the past few games, where he rests some players for the Premier League and also make them to play in the Europa League. He's trying to prioritize, though, which is quite understandable. But 
in this period of the season you need that you know consistent 11 that will deliver the results so if you were yes. in Ateta's shoes what's your best 11 for the Premier League and also the Europa League because I know so based on the fixtures the congestion right now you can have an 11 that will play in the Premier League and also have an 11 that will play in the Europa League it's not going to be possible so what's your your best 11 if you were Ateta or if you were in Ateta's shoes I mean look <laughs> um, football players get played to to, to, to play games mm. you know um, and I know it's not easy this idea of having to ration your team we players around we saw what happened to Smith Road though <laughs> I, but I'm I'm just not a big fan of it, you know. You know, back in the day, you know, we're talking early 2000s. Football players could play like loads of matches in the season, and in fact, that's what would judge your level of fitness. You know, this idea of just having to rest football players all the time, I I don't think it's good for consistency and the synergy in the team. But I think football players should be willing to play week in week out you know that's what you get paid to do but i know it's never easy the modern game is getting more difficult but the the old the older generation that played football as well i would think that they probably had it more difficult as well too um if you're asking me the players that i would like to see in there definitely leno in goal um you know that is, is a definite um would the, the, the guy side, from Brighton ever get a chance? Just sorry for you know busting in there. Would that guy, what's his name? Um, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Would he ever get any Matt chance? <laughs> Just oh, ask him. Well, if if, if Leno gets injured, then only he, if he might. Yeah. Only yeah. If, yeah. But I, I, only if he gets injured, I don't see him. You know, taking that spot from Ben Leno. I mm. think. If, even if the, if the sorry, if the likes of um, Martinez can't do it, he can't do it. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, he's probably he's probably gonna have to wait for Carabao Cup games or something like that. So yeah. Um, on the on the right hand side, I know we've talked about Bellerin. You know, it's not been the most consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that Bellerin just needs maybe just one more season to kind of like kick into full gear, gear on that title. But for now. I'd love to see uh, Cedric Soares in there. Uh, on the right-hand side, on the left-hand side, Carantini definitely, you know, he gives us a lot of options when we're defending and going forward. And he's chipping in the goals, you know, uh, every now and then as well. I mm-hmm. think over the next couple of seasons, he might just turn out to be a left-back that doesn't only defend, but goes and score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the combination of... Um, Gabriel and Luis, Madame Pablo Mari and David Luis. Um, you know, but did, did any you, of those three, did you see Mari I mean, chase down Vadi in the last game? Damn, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a highlight for I me, know. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I just I, I like Gabriel because he also gives us an option going forward as well in terms of scoring. Mm. You know, he, he can score goals, you know, and we need to have defenders that. Let's Ma- assume Ma- Scott won the season. Scott a header. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's got a header. He's very good in the air, you know. And he just needs to be a bit more consistent as well with, with his performance because yeah, a couple of times this season he's, he's thrown in some gaffes, you know. Mm. So 
but I, I like the combination of Gabriel and, and David Lewis. Um, in the defensive, um, like the the two mid defensive midfielders mm-hmm. that sit in front of the. I mean, I'm trying to assume that we're playing a four-two-three-one here, mm-hmm. not three-four-three yeah. like you know we were doing mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. Granny Shaka and um, oh. Party definitely. Oh, they. Um, Oh, I'm not a fan of Mohamed or Nenny as much. You know, I think his best days have gone past him, to be honest. Um, in an in, in an Arsenal shirt. Um but he, again it's quite unfair because he's he, he was away last season on loan and then he came back in and Ateta's just started to use him and we could he justified it to a certain extent mm-hmm. why he's in the team. But um he's shocker and party for me to be honest. Um the only reason why Elneny is still getting a sniff, you know, the team with the team at the moment is because, you know, Pate just needs to get on that level of staying fit without yeah. getting injured. True. So, True. yeah. Um, going forward, um, Bukayo Saka, um, Emil Smith Rowe, Nicolas Pepe, Aubameyang, those four, I really want to see them. Lacazette, in and out of the team. Um, you know, gone are the days where we used to just pair Lacazette and Aubameyang. I think Lacazette, we're moving towards a, a, a phase in Arsenal where I think, you know, he needs to score more for him to hold down a regular jersey. And he's not getting any younger as well. Um, but just to come in know, there, so, I, feel, I feel there's something Lacazette adds to that team that Aubameyang Aubameyang no. don't have. I'm not taking anything away from yeah, Aubameyang, but, but there's something like Zed adds to that team because look at his performance against Leicester City. It was it was fantastic, distributing the ball, holding the ball at at, at you know at the top at the top of the pitch as a striker. Aubameyang can do that, or Aubameyang can do that. I'm, I'm not saying he's better than Aubameyang, but there's something in that in in those two guys that one have and one does not have or I don't know if well if you're, if you're, if you're playing up front you're, the principal thing um, that you're supposed to be doing is scoring goals mm. uh, Aubameyang might not have as much of a walk rate as uh, you know Lacazette exactly exactly going forward is force Lacazette is just one of those strikers that he would score every now and then he doesn't get the consistent runs but he scores mm. you know um but when the team needs to work hard, like I was saying about Ozil, you know, some minutes ago, what that's some of the things that Ozil didn't have. Like when the team is under pressure, how do you react? Because again, the coach is watching the whole pitch, scanning the pitch and looking at the body language of these football players. Like I said, he's one of those people that even when we're still leading, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he knows that sometimes Arsenal is just one goal away from losing um, their lead, you know, uh, he still he comes in, he puts in the work, he puts mm. in the shift, the graft is always there, you yeah. know, it's hard work, and you see him chasing down players, you know, and I think that's what Aubameyang lacks sometimes. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. Aubameyang will bang in the goals for you if you know the right crosses are coming in. Uh, I mean, look, Aubameyang saved us against Benfica. Yeah, true. I doubt that Lacazette would have done that, to be honest. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's crazy, man. You know, this so it's, almost like, it's, it's almost like you really would, if you're looking for the perfect striker, you need to match those two players and just merge them into one, like, you mm. know, 
um you know uh, um obazet or something like that or laka oba you know <laughs> you need to kind of like clone both of them and they just merge them into one football yeah. player so um that that's it that's what we're dealing with it's hard to find that you know complete striker mm. uh, you know sometimes so yeah Fair enough. Fair enough. Good, great eleven. Great eleven. But, but William, though, uh, just 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 before, oh. uh, you know, <laughs> William, I, I'm not a big fan of William. Uh, with all due respect, I think his best days are, are, are behind him. Uh, he's 32 now. Um, and hearing what he said recently that he didn't really want to come to Arsenal, you know, um, I know he's put in a good shift over the last two games, mm-hmm. but at 32. Are you the question you're going to be asking is are you going to get any better or does it just go downhill from here? Are you going to the MLS or you're just shifting to another league mm. just to kind of manage your career out? You know those mm. those are questions you should be asking. So we need we need to replace him once he decides he's going to leave. We need to replace him. With, you know Gabriel Martinelli, for example. I don't know why he's not playing consistently, but again I know the answer. He gets to he gets injured one too many. I think so they're trying to manage once him. we can get it. Yeah. 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 You know, we don't need players like William and Tim with all due respect. Yeah. So those are my my, my eleven players. Great, great, nice one. Okay. Wow, we've done forty minutes. The first eleven. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, quickly. I wanna touch on some things that you just said, but you know, just let me jump right straight to the first eleven and then probably in between I talk about that. Look, um Ben Leno is the undisputed number one for us now. Yeah, I don't see Matt Ryan getting into the team unless we're playing a game that probably Leno needs to be rested. And I don't see any type of game like that coming up anytime soon. Yeah. So probably uh, Matt Ryan has probably played his only game for Arsenal. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season because he's currently on loan. So let's see what transpires in the case between uh, Matt Nisi and Alex Ronerson. So uh, going forward, definitely, I want to see more of Cedric Suarez at right back. You know, I want to see more of what Cedric has to offer any attacker he's currently playing with. But, you know, if we're talking about informed players, if we're talking about... Um, okay, I'll talk about Premier League matches consistently and both Europa League, mm-hmm. and I'll give you my options. So, for Premier League games, probably Bellerin will start more often, you know, to give him more games. But I think when we get to the important games, we need to see Cedric at right back. Um, well, so, your yeah, so first level, no money... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you said Cedric for Europa League games, and then you have Bellerin for the Premier League games. The centre back pairing, you know, before the game against Leicester, or rather prior to the game against Leicester, I felt Pablo Mario was someone who was very slow to react to the ball. And then when I saw what he did in terms of chasing down Jamie, Jamie, yeah, Jamie Vardy, I was surprised. I was like, wow, this man has legs in him. So you know what? I liked that centre back pairing between him and David Luiz. But truth be told, against a Chelsea, against a Liverpool, against a Manchester United, um, against a Leeds United, I would not put that centre-back pairing of David Luiz and Pablo Mari because they're not going to be as fast as those attackers mm-hmm. that they will be facing. Sure. So I would like to see more of a, of a centre-back pairing between David Luiz and Gabriel, and they're probably Mari and Holding. So David Luiz and Gabriel for... Uh, the important games like the Europa League games because every Europa League game going on forward is going to be very important mm-hmm. and then holding and marry the Premier League games and then left back on that is Tierney I believe Tierney is part of the spine of the Arsenal team talking about Leno, Tierney, Partey, Saka and uh, Obama 
So yeah, so that's my back four. And then the, in the middle of the pitch, the two holding midfielders, Jaka and um, Party. But then if Party is not available or if he needs to rest, definitely I would prefer to see Sebayos instead of El Nene because Sebayos can do more with the ball going forward and can put in a good defensive shift, which a good defensive shift. So um, the three behind Obamang, Obamang is definitely my top striker. Um, Saka. Smith Rowe and Pepe. We've seen how effective Pepe has been on the left wing. I think we need to see more from him. I know anyway you play Bukayo Saka, Bukayo Saka will always produce good football. Star boy. So you know, <laughs> yeah, so the, the major difference between the PM Obama and Lacazette is just the fact that Lacazette's hold up play is a whole lot better than Obama. Obama doesn't have so much upper body strength, but then Lacazette is so rigid on and off the ball. So sometimes you need a player like Lacazette in certain games. But then this is the thing with Obama. Truth be told, if Obama continues to play more with Odegaard in the team, Obama will thrive more and score more goals for us because Odegaard has that ability to pick those one-time passes. I remember when Odegaard came against Aston Villa, Obama was making certain runs in between the channels. Mm. Odegaard could see them and he always attempted to make those passes. That was what uh, Obama loved with Mkhitaryan and Ozzy. He was able to make those runs down the channels and these players were always able to catch him. So Obama is the type of player that loves to make those runs in between the channels or loves to drift over to the left hand side of the attack and cut him. You know what? So it really depends on the type of thing we're playing against. It really depends on what is going on at that point in time in the game. It depends on the the, the catalogue of fixtures that we do have. But you know what? I believe the most important thing is that Arsenal will be going for Europa League trophy because a top four finish or a top six finish is not guaranteed in the Premier League. All they need to do is to be consistent. They can't be worried about whatever any other person does. So it's going to be difficult for us now. So they just need to give their best at every point in time. Well, we hope so for the Arsenal, the team that we love, the team that we support. In England, it's nice doing this with you guys. Because of time, we just need to round off. We're supposed to use 30 minutes, but we've done 45 minutes. But GDD Great, thank you for joining us on the Footy Week Arsenal Fan Corner. Thank you from the United it's, Kingdom. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And we hope to and we hope to have you on our subsequent episode. Okay, thank you very much from Lagos. I'm from Lagos as well, so we're doing this from Lagos. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All the players are talking, all talking yeah. about Arsenal. Yeah, so we hope the best for Arsenal.